And this is Encounter with God here on Faith FM. We have come to our Bible study section of the day where we get into the 20 million movement, 20 million people all studying the same but passage of the Bible that, at the same time. Yes. Before we do that, I've got a bunch of stuff to tell our listeners, all that they can be very excited about. First of all, let me hit you with another clue for this quiz. Uh, Lyle, still doesn't know the answer. I'm so excited. One, two, three. We are three clues in. We only have two more clues to go. Lyle still doesn't know the answer. Do you know what number I guessed yesterday? Don't tell them. I know. I don't know what it is. That's why I'm asking. You guessed this one. Oh, okay. Lawson knows the answer. Lawson's behind the glass on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Motioning. Go away, Lawson. (laughs) He cheated. (laughs) Okay, okay. What number am I? Lawson is a a, I think you're going to get it off this one now, Lyle. Okay, clue number four for this quiz. The chapter in Galatians that lists the fruits of the Spirit. Oh, no, Lyle looks blank. Lyle looks blank. Are you serious, Lyle Southwell? Lyle Brennan South? He just wrote down the wrong answer again. Lyle still doesn't know the answer, ladies and gentlemen. If you ever wanted to snap up two prizes on the one day... Today is that day. You have more opportunity than ever before. I think even your wife knows the answer. <laughs> Give us a call if you know. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Uh, we can send you two prizes today if you can tell us what that number is before Lyle can tell me what that number is. I'm, I'm super excited. Super excited. Oh, Lyle. Yes. Other things to be excited about. Let yes. me just bring this up on my phone so I can read it out to you guys. I don't know if you've heard, but there is an excellent week for youth happening. It actually starts uh, on the 25th of May, so that's coming up real soon. That's coming up in two days' time. Um, so what's that on? Oh, it starts on Saturday at 11:30 uh, a.m. and it's a it's a week for youth, and it's called Surrender the Journey. Um, the speaker is uh, Sharissa Trozian, and it's also featuring Erica Puni, formerly known as Sharissa Fong. Yeah, that's right. That's right. She got married. She's married lady now. Yes, but a very uh, a, a, a very popular speaker right around the world. Yes, yes, she travels around the world a lot speaking. Uh, phenomenal woman. Um, the topic is going to be the three angels' messages, and. Uh, Oh, excuse me. And this is like for you who, who want something of quality, who want some content that is actually worth engaging in and they're done with, you know, all the drama and the, and the fluff that you can get on social media. This is some good quality stuff that you should get involved in. And, of course, uh, Dr. Erica Pooney. Yes. Erika Pooney. Yes. Erica. Erika. Erika? Erika? Erika. Okay. All right. One of us is butchering it. I'm not sure which. Mm, but anyway, me. so this runs, uh, so it starts on the 25th of May and then it runs until the 31st. Um, so 25th of May, it starts at 11.30 a.m. But ongoing from there, uh, it's May 26th to 31 from 7 8, uh, p.m. to 8 p.m. And then on June 1st, it's back at the 11th, uh, sorry, at 11.30 a.m. So basically on Saturdays, it's at 11.30 and the rest of the week, it's 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, they have light refreshments. Uh, it's a really great seminar. Come along. It's at 28 First Street in Burrigal in, uh, in New South Wales. And it's actually going to feature uh, music from the Samoan Youth Choir. Oh, cool. Which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Most kids can sing. They sure They're can. amazing. If you want more information, you can call Ben. Uh, his number is 0431 541219. Uh, we'll put information up on our Facebook. In the meantime, we'll be plugging this all week long because we really think this is something, I guess, not just the youth, but the, the, the youthful at heart should go along to. Uh, Surrender the Journey by Sharissa Fong. Um, sorry, Teresa Terosian. Oh, 
that whole stumbling over names where people get married. Okay, so while we're doing a bit of promo, there's, uh, of course, uh, Simply Fresh by Melinda Archer. Um, cooking school happening for uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, the 28th, 29th of May. Um, eating for gut health and eating to support a pain-free lifestyle. This is going to be Ooh. super exciting, and we have just uh, invited Melinda Archer to come into the studio and to tell yes. us all about it. So she'll be here tomorrow. Don't her. miss the uh, interview of the day tomorrow. And oh, by the Melinda way, Archer. by the way, in the song break, uh, we actually had some listeners message in. Uh, regarding the Wicked Camper story we did. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, Kel from Young, he said, maybe we should start a van hire company with various beasts of Daniel and Revelation street arted over them with texts that highlight what happens to the wicked. We can call it scary gospel vans (laughs) (laughs) or gospel monster vans. (laughs) Nice, Kel, love it. Well, you know, I was was thinking about this. I was thinking about this, you know, because they have some really, really – Sexual, yeah, very lurid, um, lurid, pornographic, pornographic, uh, explicit stuff that they write on there. And I'm thinking maybe we could just replace it with uh, you know some Bible verses. And I was sort of, you know, there's 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 a whole Bible book of the Bible that is about sex. So you know you could you could you could replace it with something like you know Song of Solomon chapter one and verse two. Kiss me and kiss me again, for your love is sweeter than wine. Aww. You know, wouldn't you might look- have some people breaking out into like poetry. I think, I think, I think, rather than jumping into Bunnings, buying a can of black paint and just painting over it, I think we should start painting Bible verses like these ones. <laughs> I'm all for the it. The king is lying on his couch, enchanted by the fragrance of my perfume. Oh. <laughs> So much more gentle, <laughs> and it's so positive. You know, yeah. if you want to have a, if you want to have a, 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 a an erotic message um, on the side of a camper van, then go with something like this. There is no shortage of eroticism in the book of of uh, of, of Song of Solomon, and you know, I, I could I keep, keep going all day here with um, you know some just amazing <laughs> passages, and I think maybe we should. Uh, you know, turn this into something positive. Do you know what? If you have a vehicle and you have some sort of a Bible verse or Bible depiction on it, take a picture, send it to us. Uh, our texting number is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, or post it to um, our Facebook page, Faith FM Australia. We would love to see what you've done with your vehicles. You've got like a religious bumper sticker or something happening. Tell us all about it. Yeah, I do. I do kind of like the uh, the concept of keeping the uh, the street art going, though. The yeah. street art theme going. It, yeah. It, it, um, you know, and, and but just turning it in a positive direction. Uh huh. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think it's great. We could and, 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 and the prophecies of Daniel Revelation kind of lend themselves to street art they too. They do, don't they? They absolutely do. Okay, love. Do you know? Can I just do one more thing before we go into our twenty million movement? Yes. I want to do a couple of shout outs because okay. we have some new listeners. Oh, and P.S. Do you know Norfolk Island listens to this? Norfolk Island has has coverage that they listen to uh, Faith FM over there. Yes, I did know that. I'd I forgotten didn't that. Know that. And of course, um, Hobart's just come on online yes. with a uh, very strong signal. Welcome to the show, all our new listeners from Hobart and all our regular listeners on Norfolk Island. G'day, John Kenny. We know you're listening over there in Norfolk Island. Gonna say g'day to you. Also, want to say g'day to uh, Julie, Susie, and Adam from Curry Curry. We're some mates of mine, new friends of mine, and uh, wonderful new listeners. Uh, P.S. Just this is not like I'm not paid to say this, but they do really make the best veggie burger in town. <laughs> uh, they have a little cafe there in Curry Curry, and the veggie burger there is unbelievably good. Uh, so yeah, good day to them, and uh, yeah, all our new listeners, welcome along to the show. If you would like to get the uh, broadcast out to your area, give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM. If you know some people who need it out there, um, let us know what the area is. We will work on getting the broadcast out all over Australia. 
Fantastic. Let's go to our Bible study of the day, uh, which is all about parenting as disciple-making. We're going to look at a couple of different examples of parenting here. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 18, verse 18 and 19, where we have a good parent who raised a uh, some good children and it all went downhill from there. Oh, okay. Yes. So just because you had good parents doesn't mean that you're going to be a good parent. That's absolutely true. All right, Genesis 18 verse 18 and 19. Mon, please read that for us. 18 verse 18 and 19 says, let me just find it. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. You know, this is an incredibly important verse right here, because one of the things that this verse highlights is that Abraham was chosen because of his parenting skills. Okay. Which is interesting because Abraham stuffed up royally a couple of times. With his uh, relationship with his wife, but we don't have... um, Oh, by the way, Marilyn from Druin has answered the quiz. (gasps) Marilyn, yes, you got two prizes. That's hilarious. Lyle, how can you not know the number was five? Yeah, well, it was going to be my next guest, but I never got there. (laughs) Good on you, Marilyn. Uh, We're going to send you two prizes today. That is just I'm so this day could not get any better. I just don't know what could top. <laughs> Marilyn, I'm so happy. Lyle is just like so like let's just move Genesis on. Genesis chapter eighteen verse eighteen and nineteen. I think we talked a bit more about Marilyn from Druin. By the way, did you know that Marilyn from Druin just totally bested you? <laughs> Lyle is just like seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great nation. <laughs> Marilyn, good on you. We're gonna send you the prize today. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, now yeah, you can so for I know th- for I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. They shall keep the way of the Lord and do justice. This is one of the reasons why Abraham was chosen to be the father of God's people. Marilyn from Jordan, the prize before you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Moving on with the Bible study. Marilyn from Jordan. <laughs> Go on. All right, but when we get down to Isaac and Rebecca, were they as good and effective a parents as Abraham and Sarah were? No. And they had Esau and Jacob. No, no. They were, well, how, how can you say which is worse? Abraham and Sarah had to split a family and basically expel Ishmael and Hagar. Yes, but we're not talking about we're not talking about the separation, and we're also not talking about the fact that Abraham. Um, was a bit of a was a total coward when he went to Egypt and was like, "Oh, she's my sister," um, in no, reference to his wife. Yeah. So Abraham did some terrible, terrible mess ups in relation in in relationship to his marriage relationship. I'm not talking about the marriage. But, I'm talking about his parenting. But when we come to his parenting, there's nothing that says that he wasn't a good parent to Ishmael. Expelling your son is a terrible move. It is a terrible move. And it was a desperate move created by desperate circumstances, but sometimes for the sake of the it children, was the best it is in the that best situation, move. but it was still a and terrible move. So and it was the best solution to a mistake that he made before Ishmael was born. It, yeah, that's right. But, you know, creating a solution that was born out of a bad situation doesn't, still doesn't mean that's good parenting. That's a, that's a, a lack of. 
I would say that there that are. I would in, say that there are circumstances where good parenting means you split up. Right, but it's still not the ideal, is it? Far from it. Exactly. So, I mean, if you talk to Ishmael about it, when he was being expelled, he was probably like, it's absolutely heartbreaking. He's about to lose his father. So, if you want to discuss whether or not. Um, you it's know, interesting that, was that when you read the history of what happened there, that Ishmael and Isaac Jacob were reconciled and became very close at, so the end of the, at the end of Abraham's life. But still, that's a lifetime of woe. It was a lifetime of heartache it for is. Ishmael. It is. But that was created. My argument is that was created before Ishmael was born. But it was still resulted as in, in it still and when came the, out when as the, when the, active parenting upon when the, Ishmael. When the result came, Abraham made the best decision. Which was still a sad decision to make. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So compare that to, um, what's his face, um, uh, Jacob. So was this a parenting decision or was this a relationship decision? I say it's a relationship decision. But it resulted in a parenting decision. Which was the best parenting decision from, for, for the Which was a sad result of a mess. And yeah, even though it was indeed. the best of it a was. bad option, it was still a bad. It was still a sad result. Um, comparing that to Isaac and Rebecca and Jacob and Esau, I, I don't know. Like, okay, so Jacob let's talk about to, Isaac and Jacob Rebecca. Jacob had to flee. He didn't get. Expelled, what was that? Right? Was it? What was Isaac and Rebecca's problem? Uh, so they, they they had favoritism going on. They did. Yeah, which was. Terrible. And what did that result in? It resulted in Jacob and Esau uh, fighting against each other. Yes. And uh, not getting along. And so Jacob was never expelled. Jacob left of his own accord, but yes, he so never he saw his father again. That was very sad. He was gone for like, what, 20 years, 30 years, something like that. Never saw his father again. But Ishmael and his or brother. His, or his mother again. Never Ish- saw his parents again. Yeah. Ishmael and his brother also fought against each other. Yeah, but only as children because as adults they got on fine. And, you know, when Abraham died, they, they, they both get together to, uh, to they, you know, they're fully reconciled, they bury him together. But so did um, Jacob and Esau, they reconciled. Yeah. Asking me to compare them was maybe a bad mistake. Lyle. It was a bad mistake <laughs> because now we are sidetracked. <laughs> Let's, they all made dumb decisions. All right, well, what, about Jacob, what about Jacob with how he raised his children then? Um, Let's think about Jacob because out of yeah, the three, you know what? It's a long history of bad decisions here. Jacob was the biggest mess up of yeah. them all. So Jacob, you know, that, <laughs> Jacob doesn't live, learn from Abraham and yeah. his multiple wives yeah. and his multiple women. Mm-hmm. Jacob ends up with four of them. Yeah, and two of them are sisters. It's t- bad news. I mean, can you imagine what what was he thinking? Yeah. When he's married to two sisters, and you, know, you can imagine the, and, and, and then of course, uh, and of course, the sisters are going to compete with each other, and so the sisters are like, "Oh, you sleep with my handmaid," and so the other sister is like, "Oh, I'll sleep with my handmaid," you know, and, and then you end up with all of these children, and they are just disasters to the point that they're willing to, they're willing to, they they were prepared to execute, they were going to kill their own brother Joseph because of the favoritism that Jacob was showing. And, you know, it was, it was uh, you know, only because of the intervention of one of the two brothers that they said, ah, oh, no, let's not kill him, let's sell him as a slave. You know, which in those days was pretty much a death sentence. Extre- it was just a slower death sentence. This is extreme dysfunction. Dysfunction at a level that you cannot even begin to imagine. You know, we could get into the story of Dinah and Shechem and the Shechemites and uh, it just... What an epic, epic mess mm. that you find happening there. Anyway, so we've got some, uh, some more functional families. We've got some more dysfunctional families. Probably the most famous dysfunctional parent we find in 1 Samuel chapter 3, 
beginning in verse 10. First Samuel, let me get there. Yes, this guy kind of holds the record in the Bible for being the most dysfunctional parent, and I want you to notice what the Bible says it is that oh, yeah. actually makes him dysfunctional. First Samuel chapter 3 and verse... 10 through 14. Yeah, this guy definitely takes a cake for bad parenting. When, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I am going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. Okay, so let's let's talk about the sins of Eli's sons. Okay, f- first of all, let's talk about Eli. Was Eli a righteous person? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was, yeah. a, he was a God-fearing, righteous person, nice but he was guy. a terrible, terrible parent. Yeah. Nice guy, terrible parent. Yeah, being a nice person doesn't mean you're a good parent. Okay, so the sins of his sons, what kind of things were they getting up to? Blaspheming God. Okay, yes. What else? Uh, they were corrupt. Uh-huh. Um, they were uh, making a mess. Were they like stealing from people as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically, what would happen was that uh, you know people would bring their their lambs for sacrifice, and we're gonna just discuss what what Eli's job was. By the way, uh, Eli was the high priest, and his yeah. sons were priests under him. Mm-hmm. You know, so descendant of Aaron, etc. So he's high priest. His sons are priests under him. So these are the clergy. So people with is, responsibility and status. This is society. that's right. This is this is this is this is what was happening, and uh, responsibility, status, respect, all those kind of things. Uh, they would steal the sacrifices, the lambs that were brought for sacrifice, and eat them themselves, which you're not supposed to do. No, no. Uh, but not only that, they had a very long reputation of abusing the women. Oh really? Oh yeah. Oh, that's disgraceful. Um, this this was probably one of the earlier accounts in the Bible of uh, clergy-based power rape. You know, they were they they the, the Bible says that you know they were sleeping with all the women that came anywhere near the sanctuary. They were just you know they were they were these guys were out of control. They were debased. They were debased. They were out of control, and uh, you know we hear about these um, scandals that go out around you know, you know clergy and so forth, and how they use their power. And their position um, to manipulate and to groom and to control and to, you know, to power rape, to shame, you know, women to maintain their position. And God sees it all and God speaks about it. And God's like, hey, I'm going to do something about this. And he comes to Samuel and he tells Samuel all about it. And, of course, you know, it relates in, um, you know, Samuel's sons are killed. Sorry, Eli's sons are killed. Uh, Eli, of course, when he hears the news, he falls off his chair and breaks his neck. He dies. The Ark of the Covenant is stolen by the Philistines and placed in a pagan temple. Um, you know, God has allowed some terrible, terrible things to happen here as a wake-up call to Israel that you just can't be living like this. You can't be putting up with this kind of abuse. You can't be putting up with these kinds of people in positions of power and uh, the Bible says that the reason was that Eli had never, ever disciplined his children. Mm. He was too much of a nice guy. He was a friend, but not a parent. And we need to be friends with our children, but at the same time, we need to be parents. It's a it's a stark and harsh reality and a reminder to parents who who sort of 
shun, you know, turn away from discipline because, you know, it's too harsh for them of a thing to do to their kids. It's, you know what, if you don't discipline your kids, have a look at see what happened to Eli and his undisciplined kids and how they turned out. Yeah, absolutely. Parents who do not discipline their kids make a rod for their own back and a rod for the back of their children. It's the worst thing to do. Smiling, but on the inside, oh, 
That was Sanctus Real with Lead Me here on Faith FM, and uh, our quiz has been answered. Of course, the the answer was the number five. Congratulations, Marilyn from Druin. Very proud of you. And moving on with our next clear quiz, we yes. have a new one starting right now. So. We don't stop. We just keep rolling with the quiz these days. I really like this rolling quiz, and I think our audience is loving it as well. Okay, this is a Who Am I quiz. Who am I? I attempted to push aside a Shunammite woman whose son had died. Sounds pretty horrid, pretty callous. I attempted to push aside a Shunammite woman whose son had died. Give us a call uh, or text us 0491064669 if you know the answer. What on earth? Yeah. I know the story of, a, of the Shunammite woman. Well, I know the story of her son know, dying. Yeah, Today is pr- but nobody pushed her aside. The, <laughs> apparently, they did. You just don't know about it. Uh, if you if you win today, um, Lyle's writing something down. Uh, let me have a look and see if he's correct. You are correct, Lyle. Very good. Good on you. Redeeming yourself Redemption there. Right Redeeming. There. Uh, if you if you can tell me the correct answer, I'll give you this prize, uh, which is the hero of Hacksaw Ridge. Incredible true story. If you want to read a story about an actual superhero, this is the one that just brings people to their knees. This story they made it into a movie, and apparently when the film critics got to uh, view the the early um, screenings of it to do their to do their reviews about it. Um, they were just sitting in the in the in the in the cinema afterwards, just unable to move and just crying, because um, this story. Is, this is a story that he actually had to tone it down from reality. Yeah, it's very very rare that um, you have to tone something down from you know turn the reality knob down mm-hmm. in Hollywood so that it becomes believable. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, Hero of Hacksaw Ridge. It's the story of Desmond Doss. Um, uh, he was the first conscientious objector who won a um, uh, Medal of Honor. Um, so if you want to read this book, and I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This is a, this is a, this is a hectic story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you want to get a copy of this, uh, give us a call now. Tell us the answer to that prize, and we will give you a copy of The Hero of Hacksaw Ridge. Very good. Our number is 1-800-324-843. Getting back to our Bible study, we're talking about Eli and how terrible a parent Eli was because he refused to discipline his children and what a disaster it turned out to be. Yes. If you want to create a rod Mm -hmm. with which to beat yourself as a parent, if you want to make your life hard and miserable and if you want to really, really be frustrated and even hate parenting, then the easy way to do that is to not discipline your children. That's right. And I see this over and over and over again where I see parents who are frazzled, they are worn out, they are stressed, they are... are, uh, They're just fed up. They're at the end of their Mm -hmm. tether and the reason that they are there is because they have either not disciplined their children or they have no idea how to discipline their children. And they've lost control. Their kids have control. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that I'm the perfect parent by any stretch of the imagination, but I do say that my experience of parenting was so much easier than so many other people that I have seen. And the reason was because we disciplined our children Mm -hmm. and we created boundaries for our children and they were not boundaries that moved. And the critical thing here is to create boundaries and then never move the boundary. When your child gets out into real life, there are going to be boundaries. It's called the law. And those boundaries won't move 
and then they will be upset and think that they are the victim when the law steps in and imposes a fine or an imprisonment or some other kind of you know, punishment for what they have done. Yeah. In fact, you can think of it like this. Either you discipline your child or the state will. That's right. And, and of course, when the state does, it's pretty much too late. Yeah, exactly. You know, because then they're just, you know, they're going to be a criminal for the rest of their life. So what are you raising your child to be? Are you raising your child to be a servant of God or a servant of Satan? Uh, positive in society or a criminal in society? Really, that's what it comes down to. And it comes down to setting boundaries that do not move. We talked about this before. You play the game of blind man. You feel insecure because you have a mask over your face. You're in a room full of people. You're wearing the mask. You can't see a thing. You feel much more secure once you figure out where the walls of the room are. Okay? But the problem is, as parents, we put walls around our children, walls of safety, walls of protection. Those are the boundaries. And then we constantly move them. Mm. You know? So they come up to the wall and we say, no. And the kid pushes on the wall and we say one and he pushes a bit harder and we say two. And every time we start counting, the wall is moving. The kid is becoming insecure and an insecure child is always going to act up. God never said one, two, three when Adam and Eve ate the fruit of the garden Eden, Eden, did he? No, not at all. No, God said, if you eat this, you will surely die. They ate it. They were condemned to death right then and there. Death was coming upon them. There was no escape. Yeah. The penalty of death came upon Adam and Eve the moment they ate the fruit of the garden of the tree of good and evil. He was true to his word. That's how we can trust him. That's right. And what happens is that when you create boundaries for your children and your children push on those boundaries because they have to push those boundaries because they have to find out where they are. And then you are not true to your word. Not only do you make your children incredibly insecure, but you are training them that their parents are liars. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Children need to trust their parents, but when and children are smart. Children are incredibly intelligent and they're going to re, they're going to learn ninety percent of everything they're gonna learn in their entire life in their first three years. Yep. And if the first thing that they learn is that their parents are lies, my parents say this, but they don't mean, but it. They, don't mean uh-huh. it, they do something else. They will play you like a fiddle. They will play you like a fiddle. You are training them to be liars. And so then they're like, oh, my children lie to me. I'm so upset and worried about it. Well, guess what? That's what you train them to do. Yeah. And then, of course, if you um, you know, add massive amounts of, you know, you know what, 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 what is probably the worst thing that I see happening is bad behavior being rewarded. Oh, yes, that's very frustrating. Okay, so you see a child that acts up, and rather than being disciplined, which is disciple, discipline, disciple is the same word, rather than being disciplined, uh, they get sugar shoved in their mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because that'll somehow shut the child up, appease the child, you know, whatever. And so a child very, very quickly learns, okay, if I disobey, I will get sugar. So what are they going to do? What do you think they're going to do? Yeah. They are going to play up all the time. Their teeth are going to fall out uh, because um, they've been had so much sugar shoved in their mouth. They're going to become overweight. They're going to become a slob that's going to sit in front of a, uh, a screen for the rest of their life and produce nothing good for society but be a criminal. Yes. And that's because that's the way that you raise that child. You know, and often time out. When you think about time out, Timeout is often a reward. You know, a child is playing up and a child is, you know, you know, so you decide to discipline them. Okay, go to your room. 
If you've ever looked inside a child's room, a child's room is full of entertainment. Like, great, I've got an hour to myself in my room where I can play with all these toys. That's not punishment. That's not discipline. That is rewarding your child for bad behavior. No, we need to, uh, yes, reward our children for bad behavior, but not in a, positive, in, a, in a way that positively reinforces that bad behavior. In a realistic way. We need to be realistic. Yeah. And we need to approach it in the way that God does. And God approaches discipline. God says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. God approaches discipline with love, a tremendous amount of love. And so God's discipline is firm, it is unyielding, and it comes from a heart of love. And when it comes, it comes in a way that we know that God loves us. And our discipline to our children needs to be the same. Firm, unyielding, and our children knowing that we don't hate them, but that we love them. That we're not acting badly ourselves, we're not losing our temper, but we are making disciples for God. Oh, 
Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Are you looking for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life.
Welcome back, guys. Time for question of the day here on Faith FM. Before we do, we have a, another clue for our quiz, our rolling quiz, uh, which is a Who Am I? Who is this particular person? Clue number two. When I laid a staff on the face of the Shunammite sun, nothing happened. That would be most disappointing. Yes, indeed. Give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. Answer that and win the prize, which is a copy of The Hero of Hacksaw Ridge. Lyle, cure of the D. This is a little bit gross for me, so let's see you answer this one. Um, So we've been reading about Abraham and Sarah today Mm -hmm, and yesterday, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the question has been asked um, in regards to when Abraham... Uh, was being a coward and pretended that Sarah was his wife while they travelled through what, Egypt. Pretending sorry, 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 sorry. His... Pretending that his wife was his sister yes. when they travelled through Egypt um, so that, he, you know, he wouldn't get killed if someone tried to take her from him. Why was it okay for him to say it was his sister? Because she kind of was his sister. Wait, what? She was his half-sister. That's gross. How is that allowed? It is kind of gross. Okay, so what we've got to think about is if you go back to, uh, and this really goes back all the way to Adam and Eve, um, and we know genetically that all human beings come from a single couple at some particular point. Now, evolutionists are going to put that a long way further in the past than, of course, what creationists are, but genetically we know that human beings originated from a single couple um, that all human beings are descended from. And what happens is that uh, when human beings um, interbreed or, or have children, you will get all, all human beings have genetic defects. And you'll have some genetic defects that the male carries and some genetic defects that the female carries. And provided that those genetic defects don't line up, so you might get a, a, uh, a broken gene from your father, but it's counteracted by the gene, the corresponding gene that you get from your mother, which is not broken, and so you turn out fine, right? Mm-hmm. If you get a situation where both your father and your mother have the same broken gene and they combine together, then you will have a genetic defect. So that's how genetic defects come about. Uh, it's, it's, it's reasonably rare because there are obviously a lot of different genes in the Bible, sorry, in the, in the human body. And uh, so it's, 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 you know, genetic defects are not that common. However, if you are married to somebody who is a relation of yours, a brother, a sister, a cousin, so forth, the likelihood of those genetic defects being the same is amplified massively. And that's why uh, it's very likely that as a result of incest that you will get genetic defects. That's, that's, that's the whole uh, concept of genetic defects. That's why there are laws right around the country that say that you can't be married to your uh, near relatives. Around um, the world. Yes, around the world. Now, when you go back to Adam and Eve, what you need to understand is that you're dealing here with two perfect human beings. Genetic defects have come into the human race as a result of sin. And so you're dealing with two perfect human beings and their descendants are very near perfect. Sin has degraded the human race down through history. And so when you are that close to perfection, there are not enough genetic defects for this to be a problem. And so there was no law against it. Of course, you know, obviously, you know, Cain and Abel and Seth and the descendants of Adam and Eve, we don't know how many descendants they had. 
there is every possibility they had a, th- a thousand or more children of their own. You know, they lived into their nine hundreds. Um, throw in some sets of twins and triplets. You know, along the line, if they had children every year, you know, it's possible. It's possible that they had a very large family. We simply don't know, uh, but we do know that they would have been intermarrying with each other, and we do know that genetically that would not have been a problem. It wasn't for two and a half thousand years into the history of our world that God looked down and said, okay, human beings have been weakened, they're genetically defected now, and so we can now no longer have you know, this kind of a situation taking place where near relatives are marrying each other. And so when g- genetic defects reached a certain point, God then outlawed it. And of course, since that time, you know, uh, three and a half thousand years ago, um, gradually the rest of the world has been catching on and has now caught up, and uh, and and for the most part, it's illegal around the world to uh, commit incest. Which is why now we're all kind of squeamish about it as well. Very squeamish. Yeah, yeah. Rightfully so, and it's a good thing. Yeah, but I mean, even like the the English aristocrats for a long time were still doing it, weren't they? Yes, indeed. that's where you get the phrase "blue blood," right? Uh, that's a question for another day. Give us a call if you have a question for another day as well. Our number, of course, is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. We love answering all our questions on air. For now, this is Dolly Parton with In the Sweet By and By. There's a land that is fairer than day And by faith we can see For the Father waits over the way To prepare us a dwelling place there In the sweet by and by We shall meet on that beautiful shore In the sweet We shall sing on that beautiful shore The melodious songs of the blessed And our spirit shall sorrow no more Not a sigh for the blessing of rest In the sweet
back to Faith FM. We have come to the end of the show. Uh, we're going to give away a beautiful book, Lyle. Uh, we've been talking all morning about parenting, kids, family. This book is a great book if you want to enhance your parenting skills. Or if you're a kid and you want to get a great book, time is now. This is a book called Michael Asks Why. And is this related to the book Margie Asks Why? Uh, I don't know, Lyle. Have you read Margie Asks Why? When I was a kid, my parents read it to me. Oh, was it good? It was excellent. Oh, don't okay. remember anything about it. I think it was about the Great Controversy. Well, yeah, this is about the Great Controversy as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for anyone who has listened to our show ever, you all know that one of the books we love to uh, quote and give away, and the one that has affected a lot of um, the people that we interview and it has changed their lives, uh, The Great Controversy is just a wonderful book. This is a, a kid's version of it. It's adapted for children's understanding. Um, it's called Michael Asks Why, and it's a it's The Great Controversy for Kids, basically. Yeah, it's a very, very... Ad- Adapted. It's, you wouldn't yeah. recognize any similarity between it apart from it covers the same themes. Yeah, so it's a very kid-friendly uh, way of teaching kids about the Bible, um, about Jesus. about And about his, the big questions in life. Yeah. You know, why does evil exist? These yeah, kind of exactly. issues. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what Jesus has in store for the planet. So give us a call now, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. First person in will get a wonderful copy, um, Michael Asks Why. And uh, sent to them for free. Please stay tuned. Of course, tomorrow, Lyle and I will be continuing our secretive, controversial debate that we didn't get into today. We've been cliffhangering you with. But for now, stay tuned. We have some more great programming. Call us up, by the way, if you want to learn more about the Bible. 1-800-FAITH-FM. Life of